We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello, and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This tardy pod, episode two seventy eight. It's Matt's fault. Just, we're just, we're just going to leave it at that. Uh, thank no, you yeah, for the fine. patience. Thank fine. you for bearing with us. Uh, we come to you with this recording on Thursday, December 8th, 2022, year of our Lord. Uh, we are on a Thursday, Matt, which when we do get to Thursday, we like to move things forward so we won't do our regular whip around. Instead, we're going to do a little pulse check on some teams that currently occupy that uh, middle area of the playoff picture in the NFL. Uh, some action in terms of baseball signings, overpayings yeah. on the North. A lot side. of money. Uh, we're we're going to touch on a couple things here, but first and foremost, the, the pulse of our podcast, Matt Rooney, how are you? I, you know, I'm, I'm doing very lovely. I, I would, I, I'll fully admit, I get, you'll take yesterday was my fault. As I said, good producer will always just take no, the blame. That's, that's what he does. <laughs> no, good, I, I didn't say it, you did. Um, but th- thanks also to friend of the pod and guest of the pod next week. Rob Gallick texted me about one o'clock yesterday. Where's my pod? Um, so the people were, were looking for it. We're missing yesterday. Mm. Didn't know we were missed. Um, mm. I'm doing good. I, I know we're not necessarily going back for the entire NFL, but I don't know about you with Sunday as much as in time, I wanted Justin Fields to go down and win that game on a game winning drive and beat Aaron Rodgers. The farther I get away from the game, the more I'm like, okay, fine. Whatever. I, don't, I, I don't need it. Like yeah. I don't, I'm sure you saw it too. It was, it was a tweet that kept circulating. Like in 97, the bears played the Colts late in the year and got a win. And essentially that game ended up costing the bears a shot of Peyton Manning, the bears draft courtesy and it's the Colts draft Peyton Manning and the rest is history. Like, as cool as winning might be in the moment, that is the kind of shit we're dealing with here. Yeah, no, it's 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 a tough perspective to sort of gnaw on here in week 14 of the NFL season that's seen nothing but kind of disappointment. But I guess disappointment is relative to expectation and the expectation's been low, which means the disappointment hasn't been that heavy. Obviously, you want to get one off the Packers when you haven't won one in tries when Aaron Rodgers, I believe is 23 and five against you career. Yeah. And this is maybe the last chance we get. I mean, this is a broken record. You think that was it? We you had think this, that was it for well, him? We had this conversation. This We had this conversation this time last year when it was like, Hey, that's yeah. hopefully the last time we see him. So I'm not going to do it again because Fair enough. nothing would surprise me this off season. It wouldn't surprise me if Rodgers is there and Gunkust isn't. I think that the most likely outcome here, if I had to like tear the outcome, of Rodgers as a Packer, Rodgers is retired, Rodgers plays somewhere else. I think it would be Rodgers plays somewhere else, Rodgers retires, Rodgers is a Packer. I think Rodgers as a Packer is the least likely of those three outcomes. But, you know, from my my lips to your ears, anything can happen. Yeah. And um, it wouldn't surprise me if he continues to try and assert his dominance because I think, and this is all conjecture here, but I think if it's a different opponent on Sunday – uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't the pill, isn't taking the shot, isn't doing what he needs to do to get on that foot. Totally, he totally knows right. He's on the wall, but he knows he wants to also go to Chicago and stick it to us one more time. So if that was that, then good on you. I mean, I really, really, and I said it last year, look forward to rooting for this guy in a different uniform. Just give me that opportunity, I guess is all I'm asking. But in terms of the X's and O's of the game, um, 
I, I think if I saw it somewhere that uh, Justin Fields had the highest QB rating going in, I don't know what happened on Monday night, but after Sunday's games, I think he had the highest QB rating in the NFL, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Those two interceptions late, or that's what it was. It was prior to the two interceptions. He yeah. had the highest QB rating in the NFL. Um, I mean, he he can't have those. He was his best game as a passer, I, I thought. Really, and the 100%. second interception. The second interception, I don't even really fault. It was just you know down two scores. He's trying to throw stuff up and whatever. The first one being go back and you know, forth. And whose fault it was? But it's probably the, both you know the receiver. And receiver. And you know the receiver always gets the benefit of the doubt in my eyes. But that first one, there's a case to be made that yes, Justin was late with the throw. Um, but I, what was it? Equinemius. I think Equinemius, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, you got to come back to that ball. You got to meet that ball with your hands. You got to uh-huh. at least meet that defensive back with your body. He was a, he was a traffic cone there waiting for a football. And yes, that's the quarterback's timing that puts you in that situation. You got to bail your guy out every once in a while. Um, so I, again, n- none of it's fatal. Uh, I don't think any of it is indicative of um, future struggles in that moment. You can, I think the most important thing about Justin Fields, he hasn't succeeded in that moment. You could tell he is aware of the gravity of that moment. And I think our guy is a workhorse. I think our guy is bothered by those things. And I think our guy is going to do everything in his power in these next two, three years to put himself in a position where there's no question when he has the ball in that situation. It's it's undeniable what he's doing right now. And I think we, you know, the storylines move so quickly that we forget the fact that he had a grade whatever separation on his shoulder two weeks prior, and he's out there, not at 100%, snapping off runs of 50-plus yards for touchdowns. The, the statistic that he was circulating was – only one quarterback in NFL history has touchdown runs of 50 plus three touchdown, three or more touchdown runs of 50 plus yards. Colin Kaepernick has done it, I believe three times in his career. Justin Fields did it three times in a month and a half. Like he's, he's doing things that we haven't seen before, not just in Chicago, but across the league. And like you said, he's growing as a passer as well. I think it is the pacifier on which we chew through this Pardon my language, dog shit season. Yeah. It's it all like next year at this time, we're going to be getting pissed off if they're not winning those football games. But at this point, yeah. like I we, we we can say it as many times we've been saying it since last year, since the end of the football season. The and since they changed management, I should say, because if they would have kept old management, they wouldn't have went for a rebuild. Um, this year is about finding if finding out if we have a quarterback. And to a lesser extent, finding out if we have other pieces around that quarterback. We found out we have a quarterback. That's no doubt in my mind. The Bears have a quarterback who is good enough to be a franchise quarterback and, you know, health provided he's healthy, can be a quarterback for the next 10 years. You found out that you have some pieces on the offensive line. You like, you found out that you have a tight end that is absolutely playing himself into a, a spot next year and probably for the long term. You, you, you know, Darnell Mooney's been fine. You traded for a receiver in place. Jeez. Chase Claypool, my God, tongue twister, who's going to be fine. Like you got, you found out you have a quarterback. You found out you have some pieces. You need to basically rebuild the entire front seven of your defense, probably minus the name Jack Sanborn. I think he's earned a shot to at least compete for a position next year. But like we knew that coming into this year, there's a hundred million dollars or whatever is in dead cap. And next year is going to be go about going out and spending a lot of that and getting this team better. But you found out you have some pieces. And the fact that this team is, has you know that much in dead cap space treated this year as a rebuilding and essentially tanking year, even though they would never say the word tanking because you can't tank in the NFL, but they built a roster like you would. The fact that, yes, they are three and whatever it is, but there hasn't been a game really where they've been 
below, besides the Jets game that Justin didn't play, there hasn't been a game that they haven't had a chance to win. And I think that's showing you yeah. that you do have some talented pieces. You do have a coaching staff that is getting the most out of their team. Now, I don't think Luke Getzey called the greatest game or second half on Sunday, but he's learning yeah. as a play caller, too. Um, you can almost use, yeah, yeah. Learning as a play caller. He's, he's learning it as a felt, play caller, too. It felt tanky. That's how bad it was. It, it really the, the did. Play it, calling at certain times. There were a couple third down calls. The, that the timeout, but was it timeout before half? The timeout before half that Eberflus called to give like Rogers and the, the offense enough time to get call a play, and they scored right before the yeah. half. That was a little bit weird. The third and five, just handoff up the middle to Ebner. I think it was, and you know, stop. Like at some point, and I don't. I I believe firmly next year when they have more trust in their quarterback when they have more trust in their offensive line. And I truly think the coaching staff does not trust their receiving core. Once they have more uh, trust in those pass catchers, I think you'll see third and four, third and five from those places. They'll be willing to throw the ball instead of just trying to get better position to kick. Um, I would like to think uh, so. And if not, then we have a problem next year, but in the here and now 20 of 25 for two fifty four, uh, no touchdowns, two interceptions, but obviously that that's shit at the end of the game. And, uh, uh, just like you said, the deep ball is developing. We knew that. We know Two that beauties. that's there. We saw. We saw it at Ohio State. It had the plays have to be called. The shots have to be taken for him to develop in that game. And you're mm-hmm. seeing more of that. But just from the stat line, twenty of twenty five. Like two months ago, people were laughing at our guy because he was only throwing the ball. 13 times yeah. a game or whatever it was. 20 and 25 is a play caller trusting his quarterback and still going for 71 yards on the ground. Obviously the lion's share of that comes in that 55 yard run, but still um, I, I just love the development. I hate losing to the Packers. Both of those things can be true. Um, and with each passing week, we get closer to either um, Will Anderson or was it Javon Carter in the middle Jaylen there? Carter. I know did you, you see, Did you watch the SEC championship game? By by any, okay. obviously, so obviously you, were, you were a week, you were you were early, um, and I had seen him make plays throughout the year, but like sitting he down and watching the entire, dude. he affected, he affected, he affected every, like he's, I was watching just him on certain plays, he affected every single play. He's exactly. a monster. He's, he's a not monster. Just a, he's not just a double team eater inside. Like he can, like you said, rush the passer. And I think it was Gary Danielson on the call made the comparison that really clicked with me. Chris Jones in Kansas City. Long, yeah. tall, big body, almost the build of an edge rusher with a little extra weight that can rush the passer from the yeah, inside. Yeah, like he's not your big, like, I don't want to say the word fat, but like he's not your big fat three technique that just eats double teams. Like he's incredibly athletic. And he's got about 20 pounds more than your prototypical edge rusher, but has this now, speed. He has this freak athleticism. And if the case I'm not saying he's better than Will Anderson. I'm, I'm saying no, he's in no, the no, same no. argument and of whichever one you want, I'm fine with. I know, I know you can't you can't make picks off of public perception, but you know the Bears will be the butt end of the joke taking a three technique at the third overall pick. Like you can't like you you draft off the draft tackles, tackles, ends, and quarterbacks in the first six picks. That's essentially depend, what, depend, the, what the draft yeah. has done. If you, because I guess me, if you're three and you're trading down, yeah. If Anderson's gone, I think I want him more than the offensive lineman from Northwestern. Fitz, I do too. Fitz, whatever. Uh, as um, good, he's a, Peter Skrowski's a really nice player. He's going to be a very good tackle in this league for a long time. <laughs> but like, yeah, I think we have a tackle. Like, I, I, I truly think we have a tackle, and there are tackles in free agency we can go and get. And it's, yeah. not, it's just 
by need based, we can fill that in free agency where there are other positions that we can't necessarily fill without going in the draft. I think Deron Payne from Washington is probably a guy you're going to see them go out and get and pay some money to, to probably be that three technique. So Jalen Carter probably goes elsewhere. I think Will Anderson's probably the pick, but as long as we got that number two pick, man, like we're going to have so many options. And if you can trade that back down to four for a team that's desperate for a quarterback, you're going to put yourself in a position to rebuild this team within, you know, two years, get them to be, the, you know, have the talent of a Super Bowl contender. It's a bye week, got an off week, no bears this week. Um, but can I make a boneheaded, can I do a boneheaded thing here? Can I do like a, I would like to think we're nothing, but always, I think like, I'd like to think we're always making boneheaded points here. So file this away, uh, file this away under it affects nothing, but I think it affects everything. Oh, um, okay. Interested. It, it, it just dawned upon me that our logo stinks. The orange C is great for the helmet, but like, I want, when I go to cbssports.com and look at the box score, I want to see the bare face. Like, I think, I think primary logo on all press releases, everything needs to be should bare be face. the bear. That should be the bear. I think, I think that's the, I think that's one of the intangible turning points to say we're a new franchise. It's bare face from here on out. I like it, but you just, you gotta how, keep this. How much, how much do you buy all that? I, I do like it, but you still have to keep a C on the helmet. That's all. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, hundred percent. That, that okay. nothing, nothing changes on the uniform. Nothing changes changes outside of the fact that I want primary logo to be the bare face. Okay, the bare face I like is that. Sick. Also, C, if we're, I, you're just like C, you're the like C is fine. But the, C is cl- the C is classic. Like that's it's like it's the Cubs cool. logo. Like it's just it's been there for in the yeah, Dodgers classic, logo, we've the Red Sox logo. We've changed it. It used to be a white C. Now it's an orange C. Like things evolve. It's time for evolution. Give me bare face. I think whether or not that becomes the main logo, I think that logo needs to be used more. I feel like it was used a lot in like the nineties on like starter jackets and stuff. Like you saw it yeah. more often. And I for some reason, there you go. Oh my God. That sounds fantastic. I might need to borrow oh, they're those. Fantastic. I just um, don't have, I just don't wear French cuff shirts. They're just, so yeah, nice. it's, they're just, it's a, different they're, conversation. It's a whole thing. Uh, that'll be on, uh, that'll be on our next Musso's fashion corner. Um, that's teased. Um, but yeah, I feel like bringing that back to be more featured than it is now would be nice. Um, and if we're mm-hmm. talking aesthetics, we're talking, look, I know we have said to no end how we hate the orange, stop with the orange helmet, stop with the orange Jersey, <laughs> your alternate next year. If you're insistent on doing an alternate, why you wouldn't go all white, white helmet, white Jersey, white pants. Like, I don't know. Like that's yeah, gotta be your alternate look next with year. the, like, with the Navy, with the stripes on the shoulder. Yeah. Like the and I actually head. think if you wanted to wear the white helmet at home, a white blue, white wouldn't look terrible either, but the white helmet has or, to be, or if you're going different, we colors. really lean into the bear. We really lean into the bear and we go full oh, fur, full fur pants and Jersey. I now like you that. do welcome in. That's grabbable though, so that might be playing from a bit of a disadvantage there. True, but, but if uh, you he's okay, yeah, but like say we have a Thursday night home game in January, that's an advantage. An advantage. We're an playing advantage. in fur; the other team is not. <laughs> Bear man would love it. Uh, Matt, We're on to something here. We're sort of in limbo right now. Obviously, Thursday night game. Raiders and Rams Baker oh, might yeah. start and he's been in the building for literally 30 hours. It's going to be hilarious. I, I can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to see how it plays out. And I have a lot of fantasy exposure when it comes to uh, Las Vegas. So mm-hmm. looking for a high scoring matchup tonight, but because we're removed from week 13 and we're not yet, we're going to play a little game of dead or alive here. We're going to open like up that playoff picture because mm. 
the top of it's solidified, maybe not seeding, the bottom of it's solidified. I want to talk about these middle teams because so much can happen over the next month that I want you it. to give me like a, a dead or alive stamp. Let's start in the NFC. It's it's the backyard. It's what we know best. Um, when you go to the top, it's obviously Philadelphia at 11 and one. Minnesota's only a game back. Um, we'll get to that conversation here, but I think everybody beyond that Maybe Dallas is like a, a, an alive stamp, 100% alive. But everybody else, I think we can question dead or alive. San Francisco 49ers, interesting situation. Best defense in the league. Quarterback who's played 45 minutes in the NFL, dead or alive in terms of – and this is dead or alive in terms of real opportunity to make it to, let's say, at least divisional weekend. Dead or alive? Alive. Uh, um, I'm – I know it's it's now Brock Purdy's show, but I don't think quarterback doesn't necessarily. This is going to sound um, not. This is going to sound weird. <laughs> I, I quarterback heard you going in, there. Quarterback in that offense doesn't come down as much to how talented is, is you are as much as it is how 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 well you can read a defense and how much you know an offense. And if Kyle Shanahan didn't believe in Brock Purdy's ability to do that, I think they'd be looking elsewhere for an option, whether that's somebody off the street, whether that was making a stronger play for Baker, I'm not really sure. Um, I think they're live. They can run the football. They can get creative with the way they run the football. I, I watched Brock Purdy a ton in college, and he was never a guy that's going to blow you away with his skill, but he was a smart quarterback who took care of the football. And watching him at Iowa State, I always kind of talked to myself. I joked with friend of the podcast, Matt Siegert. He's like the next Chad Henney. He's just going to be around the league for like 10 to 15 years as a rotating backup, and he'll have some tight years. Where he, he's not – he's going to be fine. He's not going to be good. He's not going to be bad. He's going to be fine. He's probably going to be a slight step below Jimmy G. But if you look at this schedule, like the Bucks, they can still beat the Seahawks. They can still beat the commanders. They can like the, the rest of the, they just need to win a couple more of their games and they're in. Um, now, Jimmy, they're saying he doesn't need surgery. He could be back by the middle of the playoffs. I think they're alive. I, I think everything around their quarterback position is too good for them to not be alive. I think they're so alive. I think that they still see Whoa. conference championship Sunday. I think that, and I, I, this might just be the Bears fan in me. This defense is, it inspires me to write poetry. It, this defense is watching this defense play together, watching them every single play. There are six hats on the ball at the end of the play. They are mm -hmm. having so much fun. They're sacking the quarterback. Nick Bosa, for my money, is the best in the game at his position. Fred Warner, for my money, is the best in the game at his position. They're unbelievable, and they've been unbelievable hurt. They're just getting healthy now. Eric Armstead in the middle, couple pieces in the back that they're still waiting on. They are so disgusting. And I think that coupled with the fact that Kyle Shanahan is now going to have to be as creative as possible to get defenses, opposing defenses into conflict with Brock Purdy as a quarterback. Like usually backup comes in, reads get a lot easier for defenses. Yeah. I think backup comes in here and he's going to be throwing the kitchen sink at you. Debo's going to be moving this way. McCaffrey's going to be moving that way. Ayuk's going to have some looks like they're going to still, I mean, Kittle is like the forgotten one and he's the top three, top four yeah. tight end in the game. Like, I think that you're going to get so many looks from San Francisco and so much creativity. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Purdy's just got to not make the mistake. I think game manager gets thrown around a little too much, but um, he's just got to not make the mistake. Let's keep the party rolling here. Tampa Bay saving mm. the season with three and a half minutes left, down two scores. It's Tom versus time part umpteenth. Uh, 70, latest quarter touchdown pass in his career. Obviously. 
game winners in uh, in overtime. But latest fourth quarter touchdown pass to Tom Brady's career with three seconds left. It's also the second biggest comeback of his career behind only the twenty eight to three game. Dem- Hello. Joe? Oh, hey, sorry. No, I got you. I thought I thought I lost you there for a second. You just said dead or alive very quickly. Um, yeah, no, that was like, no, wow. I just, wow. For a second, I thought like for five years it. and you can't, you know, uh, wow. No, you said it very well because you cut out like one time earlier in the podcast for like a second. So I thought maybe that happened again. We're fine. We're fine. Six and six, dead or alive. Okay. Here's my question to you then for if we've been doing this podcast for as long as we have been doing this. Who's <laughs> the quarterback for Tampa alive. Bay? Let's move on. Who's the quarterback That's, for Tampa yeah, Bay? It's Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that there's, I think they have so many fatal flaws that it's it's not a Super Bowl team, but like that was a, I think that was a turning point in this season that because of what that division is, they were obviously a playoff team and their only route yeah. in is winning that division, but now it's a game and a half over Atlanta, who's turning to Desmond Ritter and essentially waving yep. the white flag. Um, alive to make the playoffs. Right now, if the season were to end, they get Dallas, which is like, no cupcake for Dallas, but no cupcake for Tampa. I don't know if that defense can slow down Dallas's offense, but I put them as alive to pull an upset in that wild card round. Yeah. The New York football giants at seven and four, second in that division, currently occupying the sixth seed, uh, but only a half game clear of the Washington commanders in both the division and the wild card race. Dead or alive, New York Giants. Hanging on by a thread. Uh, they, they're alive. lucky they got alive. That is alive. Alive by a thread. I, I, I don't want to say they're lucky to have gotten off to the start that they did and racked up the wins they did early, but we're starting to see more of the team we expected them to be, which is a well-coached team, but a flawed team that doesn't really have a lot of the talent and skilled positions outside of running back that they really need. And they had a defense that was kind of carrying them for a little bit, and the offense was doing just enough. The defense is still very good, but you know, kind of regressing to the mean just a little bit. And I think they're starting to get caught up with uh, just a touch. So I, uh, they're, they're hanging on by a thread, but Washington seems to be the team that's kind of trending upwards late, whereas the Giants seem to have peaked kind of so, early in this year. So I'm going to make you dead one, alive one. I'm going to make you make okay. a prediction, essentially. You got a dead New York or dead Washington? I'll dead New York. Uh, I think I'm Washington's dead, more alive. I'm dead, New, I'm dead New York 100%. Washington has won, what, six of their last eight or something like that? Yeah. New York and they have a quarterback. They all the believe number. it. Um, or New York's lost four of their last five or whatever it is. Um, they are, so they have that tie because last week was a tie with Washington. Yeah, Washington six, one, seven, one in their last eight with a 20 to 17 loss to the Vikings. They are seven, four and one. They do not have a divisional win. They're sub 500 in the conference. I think it's been amazing what Brian Dable has been able to get out of this team. It's just not, it's just not heading in the right direction. So if you're going to make me choose one, I'm undoubtedly without flinching, choosing to dead the Giants and alive on the commanders. Seattle Seahawks at seven and five, I think is an alive stamp as they sandwich between the two. Um, strength of schedule, I believe, is pretty manageable manageable moving forward, if I'm not mm-hmm. uh, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Pull that up for you. They um, have remaining the loading uh panthers niners chiefs jets rams so panthers and jet their panthers rams easy but they have little murderers row in the middle of niners chiefs jets the only the only thing i'm seeing is when you look at it here everything below them yes detroit has an off chance at five and seven of making a little run at this thing but they essentially have to win out and their schedule yeah. does not um befit that so essentially if we're picking two out of three talking about the commanders the seahawks and the giants everything above that pretty much solidified everything below that pretty much solidified 
if we're saying three, or excuse me, two of three, Washington, Seattle, New York, my two are Seattle and Washington, New York. So I'm, I'm stamping uh, Seattle as very, very alive. I would agree with that too. I think Seattle ends up being in that seventh spot. Uh, we are deading uh, Detroit, Atlanta, Green Bay, Arizona, Carolina, New Orleans, LA, and mathematically eliminated your Chicago Bears. On the AFC, Matt, think a little bit more touch and go. Buffalo nine and three, Kansas City nine and three. That loss last week for Kansas City takes them from one to two with the head-to-head belonging to Buffalo. Huge home for field and the lone by I mean, the one by thing, massive. Um Buffalo appears to have maybe kicked off that season struggle. Uh, mm-hmm. And as I say that, they, they could slip up. Who knows? But Kansas City has to have all the urgency about them. But obviously, Buffalo alive, Kansas City alive. Then it gets very interesting. Uh, Baltimore, down Lamar for multiple weeks, it's sounding like, sitting at 8-4. Yeah. and four. Maybe the least impressive 8-4 and four in the NFL with a team in Cincinnati that's currently in the wild card race at eight and four looks to be one of the more dangerous teams in football right now. Dead or alive Baltimore. Baltimore is, I, think I want to call them dead. I think, yeah, they're early signs of dead, but you look at their schedule, they have Steelers, Browns, Falcons, Steelers. And I know the Steelers is a rivalry game and that game's always close, but like, that's not a very difficult schedule down the stretch. And if you can, if you can, manage a way to go two and two you're and you know whether the storm with lamar out you're going to get yourself into the playoffs with lamar coming back i say i don't think they're going to win that division but like i still have to call them alive because of the schedule they have left this is a hundred percent time is a flat circle this happened last year almost the exact week it was a little earlier last year i believe yeah where lamar went down for five weeks i believe it was Mm -hmm. with the ankle and Brett Hundley was one in four. So we always say, oh, the drop off from Lamar to Hundley isn't that great. And yeah, maybe if you're watching it play to play, um, what they're capable of on a football field is very similar. The results are very different. Um, I think that uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to dead stamp Baltimore uh, while it is prematurely and that school yeah. does allow for some wiggle room here over the next couple of weeks and you maybe don't have to be at your best proven to me that they're only at their best when they're facing real competition. I think there's a slip up somewhere in there in one of those in one of those cookie games because they've played so many 17, 13 games against Denver and just they haven't inspired any sort of in me. I'm early deading Baltimore. Tennessee yeah, that seven and five. Uh, Tennessee is sitting at seven and five, coming off of a pretty convincing loss um, against. Remind me here, they just lost to who? Philly. Uh, Philly. Philly. Thank you. Yeah, they got absolutely dismantled by the best team in football. Um, I'm I'm ready to call. Philly ran for three fifty two weeks ago and passed for three fifty or almost four hundred this yeah. past week. They're they're a problem. Um, we're obviously talking about more of these. Uh, middle these teams that exist in the middle uh tennessee at seven and five i'm undefeated ready to in tennessee. the division i mean yeah they're like dead but they're gonna be there like it's like essentially they're gonna be there by default like, do, they, do they lose in the do they lose in the wild card round you know yeah I, I mean unless they get some very favorable matchup yeah they're yeah. I, I don't i don't see them winning in the wild card like if we're doing the matchups as they are now they would have the Bengals. Uh, now, I, if, if we think the Bengals are going to come back and win that division, which I think we both kind of are leaning that way at this point, if you get a Baltimore or Miami, would you take Tennessee over Baltimore or Miami right now? Maybe yes. Baltimore. I would, take them, I, would take them over, I would take them over Baltimore. I would not take them over Miami. So that's going to be very much where the chips 
Yeah. Um, and let's not pretend like Miami's not a game off of Buffalo right now. So like, yeah. lot, that's what I'm saying. Like a lot can happen. A lot can change. Um, and people sometimes downplay it. I don't think that it can be downplayed anymore. Hosting the playoff game is the biggest thing. That's the, I'd love to look at win percentage home and away in wildcard round because yeah, there's probably some upsets here or there, but like in today's NFL where the margins are so slim, that home field means everything. I think that especially you get a Miami team and an unseasonably hot day and that opposing sidelines getting baked in the sun. Like there's a big, there's a difference there. Um, Tennessee be alive, but I think that they're the perfect culprit to just bow out in the first round again. Yeah, I, I, I have them as dead because of that point. Like, I don't see them as a team with a really much of a chance to make a conference championship weekend. And that's kind of like my – a little bit of a barometer for my deading or aliving division leaders, at least right now. So, I, yeah, I, I kind of have them as dead. I think they'll be there kind of by default and then probably bow out in the first round. I think we can both say confidently alive Cincy, alive Miami. New York yep. at the seven seed at seven and five is going to have to play some really good football to defend off a six and six New England team that just, it's like almost like they, they're like, you can't, they, they won't die. Like you have to like put the stakes. They've died. They died against the Bears. They died in a, they've looked terrible. And then you look mm-hmm. up and they're six and six, a game out of Somehow. the playoffs. Um, LA sitting there at six and six. Uh, they, they always make the mistake that they can't afford. Uh, so I think the more interesting question here is New York, New England, LA, and I'm sorry, Vegas at five and seven. Vegas I, is I back was, in the running. I was the Vegas guy, but they've looked so explosive offensively. So a little bit of bias here. Let's say musical chairs, New York, New England, LA, Las Vegas, who gets the seven seed? Three deads, one alive, who gets the seed? I'm going to call New England dead. I just, I don't buy into Mac Jones at all whatsoever. Man, I'm looking at the schedules now. The Raiders close out the year versus San Francisco versus Kansas City at both, both at home. Tough. But that's a really, really tough way to close out the season in a playoff chase. But, man, I'm going to, am I going to buy into Mike White? Am I really going to buy into you Mike White? I now, think I got to buy into the you, Jets. Now let me show I you. Want, now, I want to the say Jets the Raiders also have, alive. The I Jets do, also but, have Buffalo. The Jets also have Buffalo, Miami, Seattle, as well as Jaguars and Lions. So Jaguars yeah. and Lions, you have to – I mean, Lions, Lions – Jaguars and Lions – so the, both of them are tough outs if they bring their best. So I don't love New York's schedule. New England has Buffalo, Cincinnati, Miami, and Vegas left. I don't love New England's schedule. You know who's alive? Um, it's the Chargers. Who's alive? I as Dolphins, much as I Dolphins at home, but then you got Titans winnable, Colts winnable, Rams winnable, Broncos. Like they, their last three games should all be wins. And if they can get one of the two against the Dolphins and Titans, they're looking at a four and one finish to the schedule. As much as I believe in the chargers and their ability to to execute yeah. in that moment the path is clear the path is clear for the chargers and i think that like when you're essentially look look at look at them as corporations the head of that corporation belongs in the like uh, everything we're told about justin herbert and i've sort of raised an eyebrow at times on him on yes the intangibles the numbers Show me something that tells me he's not Philip Rivers, you know, is mm-hmm. essentially it. But you can only prove that in the moment. 
It's going to have another opportunity to prove that um, this season. It's probably going to be week 18, but I think I'm there with you when you kind of break it down that LA's route makes the most sense. Yeah, that's it. Like, I don't, I, I like the Raiders as a football team more than the Chargers right now. I do because I think the Raiders are playing really good football. I just think with the way their schedule ends and the, the hole they dug themselves into early on, I'm not sure they're going to be able to dig out of it. Um, and the Chargers just, it eases hear up me too out. much for them at the end. I'll hear you out. Let's hear it. Hear me out. LA and New York both get in. Baltimore falls all the way out over the next month. That is a Cincinnati, take. Cincinnati, Cincinnati jumps. Cincinnati jumps into the divisional lead. Cincinnati gets the three seed. Baltimore drops, which would be into the five seed, into that wild card conversation. Miami's going to have a better record. New York could have a better record. LA could have a better record. I think Baltimore drops all the way out. You get LA and New York in the playoffs. It would not shit with Tyler Huntley going for the next four or so weeks. That would not surprise me at all. Would not surprise me. Uh, we're Matt, both down on Baltimore. I think right also that'd be great for our second round seeing, pick. Very much would be. I think we're seeing uh, the board similarly. I think we're seeing the playoffs similarly. Going to be a blast over the last month plus to watch it all play out. But we got to throw up some locks. Unfortunately. The lead is now two. Uh, I fall to six and seven. Matt is eight and five. I mean, a little round of applause here. A little round of applause for the Moose and Runes pop you know, producer extraordinaire. Bo- uh, eight and five on the after, season. Bounce back after. I started out really hot and then got really cold. I, I, I bounced mm-hmm. back nicely. I lost like four. We need, we need another one of those cold streaks here um, from the Muso camp. So the Muso camp needs another cold streak from the Rooney camp. Yes, Without exactly. further ado, the tee box is yours. Uh, Matt, what do you like this week? We're, we're, we're fading the Broncos. It's, it just keep wow. doing it they until it fails a, you. printing money. Chiefs are laying nine and a half on the road at Denver. I, 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 I think the Chiefs are in a spot after the loss to Cincinnati. They're going to want to make a statement. They're going to want to put up points. That offense is good. That Broncos defense is good, but like there's starting to be some signs of dissension there. They, I know they played well against the Ravens, but that was a backup quarterback. They let off some points to the Panthers. Give me the Chiefs. Give me them in a bounce back spot over a dead, 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 dead Broncos team. Oh, is it quad? They to beat a dead. dead horse. They were quad dead. Um, you get it? You get it? Though? You know, dead uh, horse. I, I say this. Uh, yes, I Broncos are horses. You get it? I, I do. I do. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, the the Broncos defense. No laughing matter, but it's the R. Kelly. I'm fighting for my life meme. Like that's. They, I will actually they're, give they're them some credit for. Fighting for the, they haven't quite quit yet. I think they're getting to that point where they're close, but like that defense is still giving that team a chance to win most weeks with how bad, how putrid. I, I believe it's a top five scoring defense. If I'm not mis- yeah. mistaken, like they're, they're losing a lot of games in the teens, which is, uh, it gets old quick for good. defense. Um, I like you going back to the well on that. I'm, uh, I'm kind of playing out a, a similar, um, I don't know, the similar thought process in the sense of proven entity against unproven entity and split it down the middle. Don't let the other team affect you. Seattle team total over 23 and a half. They have multiple occurrences of that. Um, Obviously, throughout this season, they've sort of scored in the 30s at will when that offense is clicking. And it's against a Carolina team that, what's your why would be my question there. Are they really going to prevent Cyril uh, Cyril Smith? leading the offense 24 points? I don't think so. So I'm going Seattle team total over 23 and a half. Yeah, I like that too. It's a tough road spot for Carolina and there's obviously going to be some motivation questions there for them. And Seattle, like we talked about, and still in the thick of a playoff nothing, race that we think nothing they make but, it. Yeah. Nothing but reasons to play for Seattle. Yeah. Um, 
Matt, uh, before we say goodbye here, a couple hot stove thoughts. Uh, Major League Baseball offseason is heating up. Judge, uh, back to number here in New York. My Yanks, big time. Uh, we got big movers out of Boston uh, with both heading to San Diego, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, on the north side a, a pitching signing here with Jamison Tyone heading to town for was it sixty eight? That was some. That's some bad. That's not. That's not a okay. Great so for them. I like the I Bellinger on, like can, one year, but the Tyone is a risky one. That's an overpay too. Like for for two ten and fifteen home runs next year, like. Cody Unfortunately, Bellinger that's what you have to MVP do. Oh, yeah. But, like, I, just the market makes no sense to me. $17 million for a downturn who might give you a little pop in July? I, I don't know. Jamison Tyone, you got to build out. Obviously, you have to pay to build out your rotation. Mm-hmm. I've watched Jamison Tyone for the last three years here in New York, and there are a few uneasier feelings than Yankees fans going on the bump against an actual offense. It's just, yeah, he seems like a high wire. He's not, he is not a premier guy. And I understand that 68 isn't a premier anymore, but it's a lot of scratch for a guy that's going to bring Cubs fans a lot of headaches over the the next few years. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm not just saying this because I'm a Sox fan and we, I don't even care about talking about the white Sox right now. They're dead to me. Um, well, I was just going to ask you about the inactivity. Like what? Yeah. Well, they're, they have an owner who just doesn't care to spend money to fill needs that they need to fill. And that's just kind of that we were duped and that's the last time I'll be duped. Um, but uh, I'm starting to worry with the Cubs. Like you were told that this, that the checkbook was open and they, they did spend some money on Tyone. They did on Bellinger, but like, if you want Correa with the, with the, was as a 28 year old, what the market's now kind of suggesting is he's like worth 12 years, about like 350. After what which you know, what like, you saw Bogart scale, which was Dr. Turner. It's stupid. Like, are they going? I don't to care pay if that? it's your first year up. I don't care if it's your first in the bigs. Nobody's got 12 years in them. You're no. you're paying contracts. You're paying contracts with guys sitting on the couches at the end of these things. Yes, you've got to do that to get a Aaron Judge in the building. You got to do that to get a Trey Turner in the building. You got to do that to probably get a Correa in the building. But 30-year-olds getting 12-year deals, it's you better have deep pockets. You better have yeah. deep pockets because you're, you're, those are empty years at the end of those contracts. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's not worth the money because it is worth the money to go spend and get these guys and improve your team. But the amount of these 300, you know, $400 million contracts that actually equal in the World Series, I'm still not sure we've seen one of those yet. Like yep. it's not, it's not like your team's going to be competitive and it's app. Like I am, I'm not, this is not being me being critical of gear of team spending money. I wish my team would spend money. I wish they'd make this $300 million offer, but it's not like you're guaranteeing yourself a world series is what I'm saying. It's all about the arms. And that's why guys who work every fifth day get paid the most money out of anybody. Uh, yep. Matt Rooney. We touch a little hot stove. We dead or alive the NFL. We say goodbye for now. He is Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. Matt, say goodbye to the people. Later. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.